Welcome to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast with me, your host, Paula Maidens. I'm a mum of two, a hiring and leadership coach, speaker, ex-corporate recruiter and serial entrepreneur who is obsessed with teaching capable business owners just like you how to become graceful and powerful leaders surrounded by a team who perform like rock stars. On this podcast, we'll be talking about all things people, business and leadership because Big dreams need great teams. You simply cannot do it on your own. I'm excited to have you here. Let's dive in. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Big Dreams Great Teams podcast. I'm excited to talk to you today because it's about something that always comes up with my clients, and I bet it's been a thought that you've had too, and that is that micromanagement is bad. And we should all not be micromanagers and almost make sure and be careful that we're not micromanaging our team. So to many of my clients, micromanagement is almost like a dirty word. And a lot of my clients, when they're explaining to me the lack of performance or how they're unhappy with what they're getting from their team, they're very quick to jump in and say to me, oh, but I'm not micromanaging or I don't want to be a micromanager or I don't want that person to think I'm micromanaging them. And ultimately what they're doing is simply trying to explain to me that they're having a challenge getting the person on their team to perform in the way they want to. But for whatever reason, we've got this fear that sits around being a micromanager. So today is about cleaning that up. I'm gonna talk about what is micromanagement, what isn't micromanagement, when is it good, and when is it not so good. And by the end of this episode, you'll know exactly when you're micromanaging, if it's a good thing, and what to try to avoid and why. So let's dive in. I wanna start first of all with a definition of what is micromanagement. I found a beautiful definition, which I'm going to read out now. Micromanagement is a style of management where the manager closely monitors and controls the work of their employees. It can be detrimental to the employee's performance and job satisfaction, and it can also negatively impact the productivity of the team. Now, throughout today's episode, you're going to hear me interchange between the term employee, team member, etc., and know that what we're talking about also applies if you have a team of subcontractors versus a team of employees. So same, same for the purposes of today's episode. I want to break down that definition. Micromanagement is a style of management where the manager closely monitors and controls the work of their employees. It can be detrimental to the employee's performance and job satisfaction, and it can also negatively impact on the productivity of the team. So the first bit, closely monitoring the work of your employees. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, monitoring the work that somebody's producing for you, giving them feedback, having a look at it. In fact, that's perfect and required, especially if the person is new to your team or junior. So that's not necessarily a bad thing. Second part of the definition, controls the work of their employees. So again, this could be something that's required and it can be a good thing or it can be unnecessary. We're gonna dig into that a little bit today. Especially when somebody's new to your business, again, or they're junior, it's controlling them may actually be entirely necessary to protect and mitigate the risk of what they're doing. Let's have a look at the next part, which is it can be detrimental to the employee's performance and job satisfaction. 
That's interesting too, because on one hand, if somebody doesn't like the way you're managing them, yes, it could absolutely be a reflection of your style and something you need to get better at. And often that is the case. But of course, it could also be that the person's not a cultural fit. They could not be the right hire and they might be feeling prickly about the way you like to communicate or get in a flow with the person. Or it could mean that they have progressed past the stage of actually needing mentoring and guidance. And in which case that definitely is too controlling and it is affecting their job satisfaction. Last part of the definition can negatively impact the productivity of the team. Now, this is the kicker. And I know we all agree that nobody wants to be affecting the productivity of their team. Everybody wants a highly effective, highly productive team. And this is the part of the definition that I think is the most helpful to us as we go through today's episode and as you review and reflect on how you are interacting with your team. Is what I'm doing boosting the productivity or affecting and hindering it, reducing the productivity of the team. So this, of course, is just one definition. And if you've ever caught yourself saying, I'm not a micromanager or I don't want to be a micromanager or I'd hate the person to think like I'm micromanaging them, what I'd actually like to encourage is for you to have a little bit of a reflect and a think about what definition do you place on being a micromanager? So Typically, nobody wants to be a micromanager. Nobody wants to be perceived as a micromanager because of a negative connotation or story that they've put over what a micromanager is based on their previous experience with somebody in a previous workplace and the way that person made them feel through the way that person acted. So I want you to have a think about, well, when I'm worried about somebody thinking I'm micromanaging them, what am I actually worried about them feeling? What am I actually worried about them thinking about me? And often, if we can get to the heart of that and actually communicate and talk around that, we can clear up some of these fears that we have around, you know, micromanagement is bad. So I want you to examine your own definition, your own story. Think about people who've you feel have micromanaged you in the past, how they made you feel and what they did, but really focus on that feeling part and get clear of your definition of what micromanagement is. And today I want to share with you four signs, which are behaviors or the way you might be acting as prompts for you to further reflect, am I micromanaging somebody? And the next thought process, which is even more important, Is this the right thing to be doing in this situation? So the first sign, let's dive into it. And that is when you believe or you think your specific way of doing something is the best way, is the only way, and you expect your team to do something in that way, regardless of if their way achieves an equal or better outcome. So That's about being more attached to the way they do it and less attached to the result or the outcome. That is a great sign and a great indicator that "Mm, perhaps this way that I'm managing may need a little bit of reflection. Now, sometimes you may absolutely need to give detailed instructions and really closely monitor 
your team members work. Sometimes your specific method of doing something may well be the best way, but sometimes it's also not. So if you find yourself frequently checking in on your employees or your team members to ensure that the way they're doing things is exactly to your instruction with more attention to the way they're doing it versus have we actually got to the outcome and the end result anyway, that can definitely be a problem and lead to a feeling of lack of trust and lack of confidence in the person. The person may perceive that's the way you feel about them. And in fact, if you're really focused on the way they're doing it and more focused on the way versus the result, I would actually encourage you to question, well, why? Is it that I don't have confidence in them? Like, what is it that's actually sitting in the, what is it that's actually sitting underlying this? Let me give you an example to make it really, really clear. Let's say you have an assistant or an administrator or an accounts officer. And one of the roles that you want them to do is to enter bills into your accounting system. Maybe you use zero, maybe it's something else. What's important if we think of this task or this function is that you're really clear on what the critical important outcomes are. So that might be the data entry that what's input needs to be 100% accurate. They need to allocate it to the correct billing account And you may think, I need to make sure that they scan and upload the original bill for audit purposes. And so we've got it like we can reference it down the track. How they actually go about entering that bill insofar as what they click first, whether they create new bill, whether they've gone find an old bill and duplicate it and edit it from that, for example, may not matter. However, if entering bills is actually taking them a huge amount of time, maybe it's taking them four hours a day and you actually think it's a one hour a day task, then yes, the way they're doing it may be affecting their productivity. But if they're doing it in the right amount of time, they're being efficient and productive and the critical outcomes are correct. It's the correct information allocated to the correct account and you know the core data is being uploaded. So the outcome is there then actually how they do it, what order they click, whether they create a new bill or duplicate an old one, doesn't necessarily matter. Hopefully that example has given you a clear way to see the difference between outcome versus the way somebody does something. Okay, the second sign that I'd love you to think about, am I acting in this way? Could I be micromanaging? Is if you have a tendency to take over tasks that you have delegated to someone on your team. You may feel like you can do the task better or faster than someone on your team. You may struggle to actually delegate it in the first place, or you may have handed it over and then changed your mind, found a mistake, seen something not quite going to plan, or simply just gotten nervous and you take it back. So you take it back upon yourself to complete the task. What can happen when you do this is that naturally your team member will feel undervalued they will feel like what they've attempted or started to do yeah, isn't being valued by you. And often what I see happening is it results in a lack of ownership for that task by that person. And 
what you do by picking something up and running with it is that you actually insert yourself in the process. So what's worse is that people can get the impression that, oh, this is just what we do. I start it, she picks it up at whatever point feels good for her, runs with it, and that's just the way we do things here. Now, is it appropriate sometimes to step in and take things over? Absolutely. Deadline might be looming. A client might be critically affected. Yes, absolutely. There may be lots of examples and situations where it's appropriate if you've seen a mistake, if you've seen something to step in and take it over. Absolutely. But if it's because you're frustrated, you can't be bothered to explain feedback, you can't be bothered to explain a mistake. Ultimately, maybe you're even thinking no one here can actually do this as good as me anyway, so I may as well do it myself. Well, then that there is a sign of micromanagement that I would encourage you to review and think, hmm, this really isn't productive. This isn't effective. And I'm certainly not enhancing the productivity of the team. In fact, what's the point of having a team if you take things back and do them yourselves? Okay, the third sign that you might be in micromanagement mode is when you have a really low tolerance for mistakes. You may become frustrated or angry if someone on your team makes a mistake, no matter how small it is. What happens sometimes when we see a mistake is we can either interpret the person's mistake as a reflection on our ability to choose a great team member or our ability to lead. And sometimes if we let somebody else's mistake be a reflection on us, what happens is we then get triggered into overly monitoring, looking for more evidence, looking for more mistakes to validate an opinion that we've already formed. This is common in both the entrepreneurs and the business owner. And it's also really common at that 2IC level. So if you have leaders within your business, it's really common for them to micromanage in this way by becoming overly frustrated and overly you know, resentful or cranky or angry at little mistakes that are being made by their team because they see those little mistakes as a reflection on their performance. So mistakes are and part of everyone's learning process, every team member's learning process, and every business's evolution as it shifts from the owner, the core people doing all the things to other people on the team doing the things and that team working out how to be efficient and productive. And frankly, getting angry about them doesn't actually achieve anything. So I have another episode, which I will link in the show notes, which is all about how you can stop fixing your team's mistakes and how you can minimize your team's mistakes. And it's a really good one to listen to if you want to change the way you think about mistakes in your business, because ultimately mistakes are always a learning opportunity or a systems or a training opportunity. And we need to separate the emotion. And we certainly can't make somebody making a mistake be a reflection on us as an entrepreneur or any leaders in our business. Okay, the fourth sign that you might be micromanaging is if you are frequently changing what you've asked your team members to do. So their instructions, their tasks, their responsibilities. So if you have a tendency to second guess what you want your team members to do, whether it's, you know, you've started down a path and you've lost confidence that they can actually support you and you take something back, 
or you don't actually really have a clear plan of where the business is going or what you want the person to do and how they might help you. So you sort of start down a path and then you pivot and you switch out and change your mind. So this is all about frequently changing their work, frequently changing what they should be doing. And typically it comes down to lack of planning or lack of confidence and trust in the person. So remembering that our original definition of micromanagement was whether what you're doing is affecting the productivity of the team. It's not surprising that if you're constantly changing what you're asking your team members to do, then that's not effective. It's not productive use of their time. And of course, it's going to make them not feel satisfied if they don't get to see something through to the end and they don't actually get to complete a task or have the work that they started feel valued by you because you've thrown it out the window because you've changed your mind. So I hope that you have heard how by reflecting on the way we're managing people is all about linking it back to, well, am I helping this person be more productive? Am I helping the whole team be more productive? And am I helping the whole business be more productive and efficient? So micromanagement isn't necessarily bad, but it can be unhelpful and unnecessary. Should you closely control and be attached to the way something is done? Yes, sometimes, but not always. So if your default way of working and managing and handing over tasks and monitoring what people is doing is to look for the specific way they're doing things without first checking if they've gotten to the right result or gotten to the right outcome, then yes, you have some room to improve and you may need to unwind some of those micromanagement habits, which in this case aren't helping you to drive a productive and effective team. Sometimes being attached to the specific way that something is getting done isn't the most helpful thing for your business to be able to scale and grow. However, as a leader and a manager, it is important that you monitor, you give guidance and you offer support to your team, but you also need to give them the space to do their work, to make decisions, to own what they're doing, to in turn give you the space to be able to get on with the important things that are important to you that are going to help your business leap forward to the next level of growth or frankly to give you the rest that you need to get ready to grow to the next stage. And this is how you create and grow an empowered team to function without you. If you focus too much on how they're doing the things you're going to get bogged down in the detail. You're going to feel like you're in the weeds. Whereas if you can shift your focus where appropriate to the outcome that you want them to achieve, the results you want them to get, while just giving general guidance of how you'd like them to do it, it frees up your time, it empowers them, it gives everyone more space. And in turn, they get to turn into a little engine and your business gets to scale and grow. So I hope today's episode has dispelled some myths about micromanagement being automatically bad. And I hope it's given you some thinking juices as to where and how you can reflect on the way you're acting and reacting with various team members doing different things in your business. So you can examine, well, is micromanagement needed here because the person's junior, because the person's really new, or because the outcome 
will be defined by or a result of the actions and the steps that have been taken to get to that outcome. So thank you so much for tuning in. I would love to hear your feedback. Go and share this on your socials, tag me in or send me a direct message over on Instagram. I love to chat to people over there. My handle is Paula Maidens Consulting. And of course, if you're sitting there pondering How can I have better conversations with my team members? How can I get more out of them? I don't want to be micromanaging them. I've tried some of these things and I'm still feeling frustrated or like I want more from my team. Then reach out to me and jump on a dream team discovery call. It's totally free. It's totally, there's no obligation. We'll have a chat about your current situation, what a dream team actually looks like to you and what it might look like to work together if that feels great to us both. So that's all for this week. I'll be back here next week. And until then, I hope you all have fun.